Hey, it's Jason. Before we get into this podcast episode, quick question for you. And that is, would a private voiceover community help you? Basically, uh, think of it like a place, like an online community to meet, ask questions, encourage others, and get audition feedback so that you can grow as a voiceover actor and grow your business. Is that something that you would be interested in? I've had some students ask me about it, so I just wanted to kind of put a feeler out there and just see uh, if there's any interest in a voiceover community. If you want to see more details about it and give your input, you can do that at voiceacting101.com slash group. There's a form there. You just fill it out. That's got some questions on it, and that'll kind of give me some uh, feedback on whether or not you're interested in it. It's up in the air right now. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but it is something that has been brought up a few times. So I just wanted to put it out there and see uh, if there was anyone else interested in it. Again, it's voiceacting101.com slash group. I'd love to get your input on it. All right, that's it. Now on to the podcast. Today's question on the podcast is a follow-up to our previous podcast episode, and the question has to do with clients that don't pay. (gasps) What should you do? Do you take them to court? Do you spread nasty messages about them online? No, you definitely don't do that. But how do you set yourself up to make sure that this doesn't happen to you? We're going to get into it today on the podcast. Hey, it's Jason here. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Voice Acting 101 podcast. And this is where I try to answer your voiceover question in the least amount of time as possible so you can get back to work. Today's question is an audio submitted one, and it comes from Theo. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? Thank you very much for your podcast. My name is Theo. I myself, I'm a voice actor. I'm not a native English speaker, so I'm sorry for the accent. But uh, my question is regarding payments. You mentioned that if it's a big job, you usually make a contract, right? Now, my question is, what do you do with that? Let's say they don't pay. Would you still take them to court? Uh, I'm asking because I have had problems with big companies on big projects, and they only paid like part of what they were supposed to pay, and they still technically owe me like a thousand bucks. But taking them to court is not really an option for me. I don't live in the States, and it's really complicated. Uh, So yeah, I don't even think about that. What I usually do with my clients is I send them not the whole recording. um, I send them like the recording with the last few seconds missing, for example. That way the client can approve and can make the payment. And that's when I send him the whole recording, right? And that works pretty well. But when you're dealing with a company that has like a 30 or 40 day payment policy, um, you you can't do that, you know? Especially if you're on a big project, you just have to uh, submit the whole gig and then wait for a month or something till you get paid, if you get paid. And yeah, that's why I don't really feel comfortable dealing with um, clients on big projects and directly. Uh, this time, for example, right now I'm working on a big project and I've asked the, the client to do it through Upwork. And that way the client, the client first pays and then after 30 or 40 days, they approve and I get paid. Uh, only that they have this uh, 15 or 20% commission that they take, right? And that's a lot of money if we're talking about a job where you get paid like 5,000 bucks or something, right? So yeah, I would like to hear from you if you have any tips, any advice on this matter. Uh, big projects, also if they have like that 30 or 40 day payment policy, how would you deal with that? Okay, thanks again. Jason, for your work, it's really helpful and uh, keep it up and I hope to hear from you soon.
All right, thanks for the question, Theo. Your audio sounds really clean, by the way, so great job on that. I'm sure that people would love to know what gear you're using. Uh, So if you get a chance, let people know in the comments. All right, so Theo is referring back to episode number eight, which talked about voiceover contracts. If you haven't heard that one or you want a refresher, make sure to go back and check it out. And in that episode, I mentioned that I don't create contracts or make clients sign contracts but I would consider using one for maybe a larger job. I personally haven't needed to make a contract even on the larger jobs, but if I was burned too many times, that's when I can see that a formal contract would probably help. The main reason is if I spend like 10 minutes on a 30 second commercial and don't get paid, that's easier to swallow than if I spend a month and a half on an audiobook and don't get paid. And that really doesn't make a lot of financial sense because a 30 second commercial could potentially pay more than an audiobook. So numbers-wise, you could lose more on the 30-second commercial than the audiobook. But for me, I just value my time over money, so I would rather uh, not lose my time. Losing my time pains me more, I guess, than losing uh, the money. But another reason to do a contract on a larger job is just in order to spell things out, you want to make sure everything is clear for both you and the client. So like, what's the word count? What's the usage? When are you going to deliver the audio? How much... Is the client going to deposit? How much will you be paid upon completion? And like, what about pickups or changes uh, to the script? Are they included? Are they not included? So a contract can help spell all those things out for you. And for me, a lot of my large jobs are for clients I've worked with for years and they know my terms. I know their terms. So we don't need to cover it every time. But for new clients, usually, you know, there's a few emails going back and forth explaining the project. And then I get the approval that I mentioned in episode eight. Uh, Just before I even start the job, I get that approval. So even large jobs for new clients, I don't need a formal contract because the intent is pretty clear before I even start the work. If they ask for a contract or if they have one that they'd like me to sign, which they do sometimes, that's great. I'm fine with it. I've got no problem signing something like that for them. Uh, So back to Theo's question, and there's a couple of them in there, so I'll try to hit each one. But Theo mentioned for smaller same-day type jobs, you know, that you can hold back delivery on the voiceover. So some people add a watermark to the voiceover. Some people cut off the end of the voiceover. They lower the quality, or you can even leave a phone number out. You know, and that pretty much uh, just says to the client, I've done the work. Here it is. You can listen to this. Uh, But this version of the voiceover is pretty much unusable. And I'm going to send you the final version once you pay. So you can do that if that works for you. Great, stick with it. I personally don't do that. I think it's a bit of a trust killer. I've worked with all kinds of freelancers over the years from other voice talents to writers to web designers and programmers and construction subcontractors. And for me personally, I just always think higher of the businesses who can afford to wait for the payment. And we've heard of, you know, living like paycheck to paycheck. So I, in my mind, it can make a business look like it's running from job to job. It just gives off a feeling of desperation. When a business doesn't require payment up front, I kind of see it as a sign that their business isn't riding on that one payment. And it just makes me feel like I can keep coming back to them because they'll be around for a while. It just makes me more comfortable. And hands down, I prefer working with businesses who trust me to make the payment afterwards. It's easier as the customer, you know, when I'm the customer and the business doesn't require the payment up front, it's just easier on me. And, you know, even if I don't have to pay that same day, usually I do pay that same day just because I don't like sitting on a bill. And that's the experience that I want for my clients. I want to build a relationship and for them to know that I'm in this for the long haul. You know, you can trust me. 
and I trust you. It's just the beginning of a great relationship, so I don't want to kill that trust by saying, hey, you got to pay me up front just in case you're going to run off and not pay. Uh, now, on the business side of that, you know, that sometimes means that I'm not going to get the payment same day or within 30 days. Maybe it's going to take 60 days to get the payment. But clients not paying, just it hasn't been an issue for me personally. If it were, maybe I'd be implementing the full payment upfront safeguard or some other safeguards to help prevent that. So if you've been burned, do what you have to do. But just remember, just because one person burned you doesn't mean that they're all going to burn you. There's still good clients out there. And I still think that most people plan to pay and want to pay. You just got to figure out the reason why they're not paying. And in the long run, you know, taking the time to build that trust and build the relationships, that's going to pay off over time. At least it has for me. So another part of Theo's question was, if a client didn't pay, would I take them to court? So nine times out of 10, probably not. Probably 9.9 times out of 10, probably not. It would uh, just have to be a substantial amount of money to take them to court. And I just don't think it's worth losing more time to chase down a payment like that. So it would need to be enough where I could pay to hire someone else to chase it down for me. One thing I've done on occasion, and this works great in our industry, is just hold off on pickup lines. From time to time, I've had a client come back for pickup lines, like they've changed a a line or two in a script and just need a revision. And if I see that the invoice is way past due, I'll just tell them, you know, I'm happy to do this pickup line for you as soon as the invoice is paid. So in other words, I don't want to do more work if I haven't been paid for the work that I've already done. And I'm surprised that Theo mentions having trouble getting paid from big companies because for me, anytime, anytime I've ever had a non-paying client, and it doesn't happen often, but anytime it has happened, it's been a small business, like, you know, just a one-person company. It's never the big companies for me, never the ones who require like the 30 or the 60-day payment terms. It's, It's never those kinds of companies. But what should you do if it happens to you, right? Not the ones that are, it's like a same day, you know, you're delivering the voiceover and they're going to pay that same day. Uh, How do you deal with the clients that need the voiceover now and they say that they're going to pay in 30 or 60 days, but they don't end up paying? So if you already have this situation, here's what I would do. My first thought would be, are they getting the invoice that I've sent them, right? One thing I hated about all the invoicing apps out there was that if I would send an invoice to a client, it didn't come from me. It would come from some random email address uh, like mail delivery at invoicingapp.com. My clients just wouldn't recognize it and they would just delete it or it may even end up in junk mail. I don't know, but they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't pay it. Uh, So, you know, when you send an invoice in Spitfire, the email with the invoice comes from your email address. So that's the first thing to think about. Just are they getting the invoice? And then the next thing I think about would be, Have they forgotten about the invoice? Do they need to be reminded? So you can just send it again, or if you have invoice reminders in your accounting app, you can just use them to automatically remind clients uh, on certain intervals when the payments are late. And you don't have to be rude. You don't have to uh, accuse them of not paying. All you need to say is something nice like, you know, just checking on this invoice. I don't see a payment for it yet on my end. Can you let me know where it stands? And most clients are going to respond and say, I'm so sorry. I thought this was paid and I'll take care of it right away. That's going to happen most of the time. But if you still don't get a payment, uh, the next thing I would think is, do you have any idea why they may not be paying? When you send them an email, are they answering the email, right? If not, try calling them. Are they just coming straight out and saying, we don't owe that money? Uh, If so, if that's the case, just show them and prove to them what you both agreed to. 
And if you're unable to reach them, maybe your contact person no longer works at the company, you might need to do some research and go higher up in the chain of command and bring it to their attention. Uh, Which reminds me of a quick story about going up the chain of command. So many years ago, I had a client who was always late on invoices, and not just late like every once in a while, but this client was intentionally not paying the last invoice I would send until he needed a new voiceover, and I could see what he was doing. And it got so bad, it got to the point where, you know, like it, well, like we were just talking about, uh, I was requiring payment up front from him for any new work. So that's how bad the relationship was. There was like no trust there. But somehow, uh, at one point, he needed something quickly, and I didn't make him pay up front for one reason or another. I can't remember. Uh, and just like the old times, you know, the invoice wasn't paid after like four or five months of reaching out to him. So I kept reaching out, and he just wouldn't respond. So... I did some research and also using the script that was provided, you know, the the actual job that I did. I knew who wrote the scripts and I knew the name of the client's client. So what I ended up doing, I just said, uh, you know, if you don't respond or if you don't send a payment for the invoice, I'm going to have to go to your client and let them know the voiceover was never paid for. And then once I did that, the payment came in magically within a day. I didn't threaten him. I wasn't rude to him. I just told him what my next option was if I didn't hear back from him. And that was that I was going to have to seek payment from the end client. So, you know, the point of it is going up the chain of command could even mean going to the client's client. And that can be done with, you know, a little bit of research depending on the script and the project and the client. Now, that's not something you want to do on a regular basis. But for me in this one, it was just kind of like a last chance at getting the payment. And then once that payment came in, I just told him, I'm no longer going to be able to do any work for you, uh, you know, not even any future pickup lines on past projects. So if a client doesn't respect you enough to keep their end of the deal and make sure you're getting paid, then that's not a client that you want to have a relationship with. It's not a long-term relationship to help build your business, and your time is worth so much more than dealing with people that treat you that way. And I can tell you there are amazing clients out there that don't work that way, so You don't have to put up with the ones uh, who don't respect you that way. So just something to keep in mind. Okay, so those are some thoughts. If you've already got a non-paying client, you're kind of in that collection mode. uh, But preventing this from happening would be even better. And honestly, you know, I gave it some thought, but I don't even know that you can do anything differently except maybe mention your payment policy up front, confirm that it works for them. If it doesn't, what do they propose and when can they guarantee the payment and see if you can work uh, with their terms? Maybe you'd have to change your terms uh, and require a deposit up front. I know several voice actors who require full payment up front before starting. It works for them. Again, it's not something that I like. It's not an option that I would do, but it, it works for some and they have their reasons for doing it. Uh, and, you know, I'm in the middle of recording a long audio book right now. No contract. Uh, don't have a contract with the uh, client uh, unless you count, you know, the emails as a contract, which I think you could. But they offered to do half payment up front, which is standard practice in a lot of businesses. So uh, we did that. So that's something to consider, too, just a half payment up front on certain projects. And Theo mentioned Upwork as kind of an escrow service. So I like the idea of using Upwork as an escrow service, but I don't like the fee that they take. Or the extra hoops that you gotta that your client has to jump through in order to work with you. It's just not as easy and seamless as I would like it to be. And I also don't like the fact that you would be sending your client to a site where they can hire someone else. Uh, so that brings me back to the ideal workflow, which would be first, you know, you just give a new client the chance to build trust with you. I think that's your best bet right there. Second, uh, if the client doesn't pay, figure out why and just go up the chain of command if needed. 
And then third, if you decide to continue working with the client, maybe you need to go to a full payment up front, you know, and they should understand if they're not paying their bill. And then fourth, better yet, don't even work with that client anymore and just find better clients. So I hope that helps. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. And I would love to know what do you do to prevent not getting paid? Make sure that you leave a comment and let me and Theo know your thoughts. And if you have a question in mind for an upcoming episode on the podcast, reply to my email or even better, record your question like Theo did and click the upload your voiceover question button that you see on this page to send it in. Doesn't matter the audio quality. It can be in a studio or just using your phone or something like that. It's fine. All right, I got to get back to the audiobook. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great day. 